This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Senor. You know what it is? A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, to kick off a brand new week. We are under the tutelage of our general manager. The Earth's orbit around the sun. Yesterday was... Yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday was yesterday. National Pessimism Day. Longest day of the year, first day of summer yesterday. Nah, it's my least favorite day of the year because after that, the days get shorter. I know. I told my son last night. I said, well, it's the longest day of the year, so you're going to start getting shorter. Already? Yeah, I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> Well, it'll take a while, but it is hard. I was on the phone with my dad for Father's Day, and I said, it is hard. It, I, I'm always amazed every year that I think, wow, a year from now, we'll be in dark at like 530. <laughs> it just seems impossible to believe. But Wait, it's a year from now? How about six months six from now? Six months from now, yeah, right. A year from yeah. now, it'll be dark at around yeah, exactly. the same time. But if the, a year from now, it's dark at 530, we'll be in serious trouble. But it is astonishing. <laughs> As we will have left our orbit and are hurtling into outer space. It is astonishing. It always seems to me like... God, that must be a miserable way to live. <laughs> how, how do you possibly survive that? <laughs> how depressing. How do people live like that? And then in December well, we 21st, will. I always say, God, six months from now, it'll be light to like 930 at night. Can that be right? It can't be. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I know it. Imagine living in Norway, Jack. Imagine it. Norway. When the days are so long, they're very, very long. And then the days are very, very short. I could check the figures, but uh, who has I remember time? being way up north in Canada one time, drinking beer around a campfire. And I thought, I'm getting a little groggy, a little tired. And I look at my watch, it's like midnight. Ah, it's blazing sunshine. Right. And it was really threw, threw off my drinking. Oh, sure. <laughs> threw off my campfire drinking. Right. Um. Uh, so anyway, so of course, because it was, I was going to tweet this out last night, I told my wife this. I said, so I'll be out dancing in a lambskin under the moon <laughs> later to celebrate the summer solstice. Is this your custom? Yes. <laughs> if you'd like to join me, it's kind of what I do for the, for the summer solstice. Sure. So we have good crops or something. I do kind of like the rhythm of those uh, old-timey, like, Wiccan religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, your druids, for instance. Just the whole, uh, you look at the calendar, you got another festival or something to celebrate. It's, it's easy to understand. You bleed an animal or two, yeah, and you drink. Yeah, right. You have, good, you have a good party. Right. Um, bleed an animal. I, isn't that part of the whole thing? It's optional. No. Um, Very regional. Mm-hmm. I just, all of this is me trying to avoid talking about the news. I just, I'm just not interested in so much. Well, you know, news is uh, in the eye of the beholder. And, and oh, yes. as, as we were told by our first boss, we get to decide what's news. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things with your your news show. On all the channels, we get to decide that? I wish. <laughs> no, we get to decide what's news on our show. I'd call up CNN and say, hey, cut it out. There's no need to react to other people's so-called news. Right. Oh, exactly. The greatest this. bias is the inclusion or exclusion of stories. Yeah, and that's the one most people don't get is mm-hmm. choosing what to talk about. But apparently the whole, uh, I mean, just taking in the news on the, the Sunday shows a little bit, and then some this morning, the fact that we've got a uh, worse pandemic in 100 years, worse racial uh, uh, tension in the United States in, in decades, you know, ranks right up there in the worst ever, and uh, certainly the worst economy in 100 years. Eh, you know, 
Trump said uh, kung flu. Is that okay? Is, you know, a, hot, a hotter topic. That's right. Thing. That, that right. led face the nation yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I just, you got to roll your eyes and go uh, by your I, life, I guess. Uh, I'm just disturbed by the media, back to the media, uh, how they are working as hard as they can and as cleverly as they can manage to whip up uh, the tension, the anger, the hatred, etc., uh, way beyond you know any reasonable proportion, because that that's you know keeps people tuning in and selling commercials. And so you know it's it's not a good thing, as we've discussed many times, that much of our national communication is now national. It's not across the back fence to the neighbors. It's not within our little circles. It's on social media and watching. You know, cable news and that sort of thing, and and unfortunately, they're they're far from an honest broker. In fact, they're they're an evil presence. I mean, they're they're the neighborhood poo stirrer, just trying to cause problems. They're taking down the Teddy Roosevelt statue uh, in front of the Museum of Natural History in New York. Amazing statue, if you've ever been there. Uh, yeah, it is. It is amazing. It's a little. Uh, mm, I kind of get it on that one. Now, the whole tearing down statues thing. I mean, there are a couple of places where they've torn down statues of abolitionists that were put up to celebrate the heroes who ended slavery. And the crowds are tearing them down because they're old white guys. Now, as I said to the fellows in the office, my irony bone hurts really bad. I think I may have broken it taking in that story. But the, the Teddy Roosevelt statue in which he sits astride a horse with a black man like walking beside him and an Indian man walking beside it's a little odd. Why, why didn't the black guy get a horse? Does he not like horses? Well, The Indian guy, just in super good shape, he didn't want to ride a horse, he'd prefer to walk. What's going on? Well, Teddy Roosevelt believed white European stock was a superior race than, than others. Like his buddy Woodrow Wilson and, and the uh, whole Democratic Party. So, That's yeah. correct. Anyway. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. Somebody let's get do the that black either. guy a horse. There's our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers, four months from getting married. How are you this morning, Michael? Yeah, I took dance lessons this weekend for the first time. I've oh, never danced man. in my life. Oh, is that for your uh, wedding, I Yeah, say? yeah, she talked never me Never danced in your life. Never danced ne- in my never life. Never a hokey pokey? I mean, maybe that was a kid, but not that's about it. Not one time, though. Not, not a, a high school dance. It's funny, I was just mentioning to my kids over the weekend how I got asked to dance in... Eighth grade, <clears throat> something like that. It was the first time I ever danced by a girl asked me to dance. I was horrified. But you've never, nobody I ever think asked I did you to once dance? or twice. But they said you look so uncomfortable. You should probably just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did look uncomfortable. And so I did sit down, and I, that was my dancing. When do you think is the last time you've danced? Oh, geez, it would be high school or junior high, maybe, maybe junior high. Wow, really? And I sat down out of shame or something like that. It, it was a bad experience. So how'd the dance so. lessons go? It went pretty well. It went pretty well. Um, they sure get you, though. You know, the introductory lesson is like, hey, $19, and they sell you, and isn't this great? And then here's our package, and it's $1,000 for 10 lessons or something. And I'm like, wow. no, we're not doing this, you know? That's what we were talking about with the whole the, the whole wedding machine. It's, it's yep. really oh, something. Oh, yeah. yeah you can they probably have get the some, wedding package. Get some dance lessons on YouTube. they got to have those, right? I'm sure they do. <clears> yeah. <throat> yeah. Yeah, but the whole wedding machine is something. They figure everybody's got their checkbooks out, and they're just expecting to, uh, you know, they got a budget, and we might as well get our chunk of it. Oh yeah, I mean that yeah. Carol Baskin TikTok is free. I mean, there's the <laughs> dance you need to do right there. That's true. Speaking of which, have you seen my T-shirt today? Uh, I didn't read the entire thing. I saw your coffee cup. Yeah, that you, coffee cup was great. That you, uh, tweeted Carol out. Baskin killed her. Oh, it's the lyrics to the, the lyrics the rap. to the song. I like it. The Carol Baskin song. I'm can't convince me that it didn't happen. I got almost entirely Carol Baskin related. <laughs> 
Tiger King related <laughs> Father's Day gifts. Wow, I didn't realize it was quite it was such an industry. <laughs> wow. My kids haven't seen it, but they've heard me talk about it so much. <laughs> they kind of know who she is. She they hate Carol Baskin. Oh yeah. <laughs> who doesn't? Anyway, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, HBO debuted a new uh, series over this weekend. I believe it's just a limited run. I don't think it's going to come back for more. But they're dusting off the the intellectual property of Perry Mason. Uh, I was uh, very interested to check it out. I like, uh, you know, detective-y kind of old, old school style stuff. It stars, uh, Matthew Rice, Riss, the guy from, uh, The Americans, Joe, the, the, the oh, lead actor from that is, yeah. is taking up the title role. I don't recall, maybe I just wasn't familiar with the original Perry Mason, but there was a lot more nudity and sex in this one. Than no, the original did not have that much. There was almost none in the original. <laughs> Very Trust close me. to none. All right, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I, I was, I was, my, my ground was shaken. I wasn't, I felt disoriented the whole time because I'm like, what is this the right show? Did I click on the, so I, I can't give an official thumbs up, thumbs down on it yet. I gotta, I gotta circle back and watch that one, maybe watch another, uh, another episode before I get my final take. But initially I'm just confused. I'm, I, I'm, I'm very off point. I love how, you know, whether it's Hollywood or whatever you want to call the entertainment uh, the, the sausage factory, how they'll just put an old name on a show. It's a detective show. Yeah. In what sense is it Perry May? It's not. Right, it's just right, a right. brand. Right. Yeah. That's a very good point right there. Inventing a new cereal and calling it Frosted Flakes, and it's somewhat flaky and it's frosted with something, but that has nothing to do with the old one. Yeah. Is that the Perry Mason theme song? I mean, it kind of sounds. <laughs> you well, know, if what's her name is cute, assistant had seen fit to disrobe uh, back in the day, that would have been fine. But no, it, it wasn't pornographic like the modern one. Teat. <laughs> so I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this a uh, shorter day than yesterday, Monday, June 22nd. The year 2020, where Armstrong and getting we approve of this program. Let's begin then, officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here comes the show at Mark. Five months from now, we're going to defeat Sleepy Joe Biden. I had a trip, uh, president at a rally over the weekend, talked about walking down the ramp, talked about drinking water with two hands, all kinds of important stuff, <laughs> talked about silk ties. Drinking water with two hands. I missed that part. Oh, oh you did? Yeah, yeah, and then he drank water with one hand in the crowd. Just, yeah, the crowd went wild. Well, what? What now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll have to explain. It. Well, he'll, the president will explain it. The president will explain it. Okay. Well, he was reacting to the media going over the way he drank water the last time he spoke. So. Right. Uh, anyway, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's it's fine and dandy. The the folks have not lost their sense of humor. Awesome. In these troubling times. Right. Uh, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. Have you tried this beverage coffee? It's just magnificent. I just had my <laughs> just had my first sip of the day. It's, I mean, it's really oh. astounding how good it is. I love it so much. And as I, Joe, have an empty nest, a sad, a lonely, and empty nest, uh, I can sit around on the weekends and just sip my coffee and enjoy it and contemplate life and listen to the birds chirping. There's very little of that in my house. <laughs> no um, contemplating or, no, or chirping? No, no. Mm. But, uh, man, coffee went well with the homemade maple bars Whoa, my family wait. presented to me yesterday afternoon. There were no maple bars in my home. That each weighed like four pounds. I mentioned my home is sad and lonely. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of contemplating. Mailbag! Woo! More on that. 
some really good organ playing. I've been listening to this song for years and years. Sometimes it's like, a, you know, it's one of your classic rock chestnuts that's completely worn out. And you think you never want to hear it again. Sometimes you can clear your mind and just hear it as a piece of music again and reappreciate it. That's how I'm feeling right now, Michael. Turn it up. Come in. Are you kidding? Listen to that. That's perfect. I right, turn it down. I can't stand it anymore. Turn it down. Our freedom loving quote of the day from Thomas Sowell, the great philosopher, writer. How good is this, my friends? Historians of the future will have a hard time figuring out how so many organized groups of strident jackasses succeeded in leading us around by the nose and morally intimidating the majority into silence. Oh boy, it's funny. It's it's kind of the flip side of one of my favorite Samuel Adams quotes, in which he says, "You don't need a majority; you need a uh, an activist, an active uh, uh, minority of tireless uh, crusaders who are trying to get what's what's good and what's right. In his case, liberty, freedom, a a, a system of self governance. Well, there is a tireless and loud minority now um, that wants to take away all that stuff." And they are, as so I'll put it, uh, leading us around by the nose and morally intimidating the majority into silence. With the help of social media comes a lot of that moral intimidating. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast over the weekend I'll talk about later, but uh, ask the question, uh, this, this whole involuntary psychological experiment that we've signed up for, social media, not sure we're going to survive it. I'm not sure we're going to survive it either. I'd love to hear more about that. Uh, to the correspondence proper, Kevin writes, Dear A&G, as I spend this Father's Day with my two young boys, I find myself contemplating the privilege that I had, my boys have, of a father in our lives. Yeah, uh, I believe the privilege of having a father in one's life far outweighs the privilege of, for instance, being white. If we spend as much energy bringing attention to the importance of having fathers in kids' lives as we do uh, to the other issues, um, or possibly even shaming the sperm donors that don't take care of their kids, maybe we could have some lasting changes uh, in outcomes for uh, all sorts of people. All right, Kevin, I love that thought. Uh, moving on to politics, which we will touch on briefly, but is just wearing me out. Anybody in their real life discuss the John Bolton book over the weekend? I'm seeing it a lot on oh, the TV news. Man, anybody gee, actually? We, were, we hung out with friends at the golf course. We had nobody wanted to talk about anything else. No, not a single word. Nobody was even aware of it, as far as I can tell. Uh, heard on Fox, in uh, they were talking about Chris Cuomo criticizing Trump's Tulsa rally. If you're a CNN host, you're jealous of anyone with an audience. Hey, no. <laughs> Hell! Travis writes, listening to Biden's drowsy-sounding wake up. Got, do we have that, uh, the Joe Biden clip? Wake up. Fine. Wake up. Wake up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Could Joe possibly be another victim of America's opioid epidemic? Uh, Joe had recently gone under the knife to raise his sleepy eyelids, and I'm sure he was prescribed opiates what? by his surgeon. Joe is druggy and will soon be shoot, will soon be shooting up smack at the local drug house. Uh, that's Travis. I'm not sure. I, I we need to do a little fact checking, Travis. We appreciate that report. <laughs> Joe Biden shooting up smack. Uh, remember the uh, opiate uh, opioid epidemic? Everybody wasn't that exciting. Seems like I was 10 years old when that happened. I feel like, do you remember the race war of 2020? I felt like that watching the news yesterday. Mm. Oh, the race war of 2020. What was that, six years ago? How <laughs> that did, and we must have fixed something or settled something or whatever. No, that was a week ago. Whew. Yeah, I know what. 
hey, I don't want to be too hip for the room. It's something you can fall into when you do this uh, as your job every day for uh, too many years to count. Um, and, and things perhaps we think are obvious aren't to a lot of you. So I uh, got this note from Alex. Nice note. He found two th- really odd things he m- mm. thinks we might want to mention. One, there's a, an official web page for people to write their names to send a thank you card to Trump. This looks completely insane to me. Is this Trump's idea or staffers? Um, it, it, Alex, it's it's a way to get you to submit your name and your email address so they can hitch up for fundraising. It's the Trump campaign doing this, not the White House per se, or some super PAC or something. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The uh, dial one eight hundred. I love Trump. If you love Trump, and show your support. Well, they just want your name for fundraising. And the second thing is, the White House gift shop is selling commemorative coins for how well the government is doing in its fight against COVID nineteen. We talked about this once briefly, uh, or once a, a while ago. Um, the White House gift shop is completely unaffiliated from the White House. It's just a gift shop, and they can sell whatever they want. You know, uh, 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 Trump bibs or condoms or whatever else. Oh, what? <laughs> so, I just I'm I'm making the point that they can do what they like. I, I don't want one. Armstrong and Getty. You had on a very good red tie that's a sort of expensive. It's silk because they, they look better. They have a better sheen to them. And I don't want to get water on the tie. And I don't want to drink much. So I lifted up the water. I see we have a little glass of water. Where the hell did this water come from? Where did it come from? And I looked down on my tie because I've done it. I've taken water, and it spills down into your tie. It doesn't look good for a long time. And frankly, the tie is never the same. So I put it up to my lip, and then I say, because I don't want it to, just in case. And they gave me another disease. They gave me another disease. <laughs> there he is, drinking with one hand his cup of water. Drink it! Look at it, he's drinking it. <laughs> That's from the Trump rally over the oh, weekend. That, and then he threw the cup aside. Yeah, right? then he I tossed I the cup over. That, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, because he drank water. He held his hand <laughs> under the water glass when he took a drink some at a speech recently. And right. then, so as he said, then the media gave me Parkinson's. They gave me another disease. Jiminy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because he was talking earlier about the slow walking down the ramp, and they said, right. well, it looks like you might have this. And they gee, many. Oh, boy. Anyway, we got to talk about that and the way the, the young people, the TikTok crowd or whatever, manipulated the number of people that showed up at the event and everything, which is an interesting uh, maneuver that the uh, that all campaigns from here forward have to tr- figure that out, I suppose. Mm, what? Just uh, manipulating the the pictures and such? Or? No, 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 no. So you're uh-uh. not on this story? Okay, we'll get to that later. I, I know there was a discussion and controversy about how many people were there, but I missed the TikTok aspect of it. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I can, I can pay that off now if you'd Why like not? to. Why it's, not? It's pretty damned interesting, actually, um, although the coverage in the news is, uh, well, I'll, I'll end with that. I'll set it up, and then I'll end with that. That's the order we'll do it. Headline, New Excellent. York Times, TikTok teens and K-pop say they sank the Trump rally. A successful prank to inflate attendance expectations for the Trump rally in Tulsa led him to have about 6,200 people show up. So you were mentioning on the air last week, the the president's team was putting out, they'd had a million requests for tickets. 
Well, these TikTok people, it starts with a, like one woman who doesn't like Trump for whatever reason and said, hey, what if we all said we were going to register. We went online and registered to get a ticket, but then didn't show up. Mm. So this is also related to the thing we we discussed in Mailbag, where uh, you, you quote-unquote, reserved your ticket right. by registering your phone number, mm-hmm. right? So it was a way to get bigger, more... Uh, a, a, but there was no fees, nothing else like that. So uh, people kind of encouraged their followers to, hey, you can... You can just do free, and they would all say, yeah. Right. yeah. TikTok users and fans of a Korean pop music group that got involved in this somehow. What? Uh, registered hundreds of thousands of tickets on the website that uh, that caused a, um, them to think, you know, however many people were showing up. Plus, it took up that many seats, and there was a lot of people that thought, well, they, you know, the, this many tickets are come up. And that's why they had to set up an outside area for the overflow crowd because they'd had so many. And and the New York Times and others now, because this all got figured out like yesterday afternoon, they went back to those accounts. Most of them are gone now. So hundreds of thousands of accounts that existed just long enough to register for a Trump ticket mm-hmm. with, with the fake name and all that sort of stuff. Registered for the ticket, then the site disappears, so that person no longer exists. Right. Okay. Um. And uh. And so we're able to lead the Trump people to believe they're going to have all these people. So they set up an outside arena so Trump could go out and uh, address that crowd, which it turned out there were like seven people there. Wow. Um. Because this was all this was all bogus. Right. Uh, the trend quickly spread on TikTok, where videos with millions of views instructed people on how to sign up for tickets for the uh, for the Trump uh, rally. Um, and then there's this, the, the, the uh, I'll, I'll read you the tweet from uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You just got rocked by teens on TikTok, Mr. President. Um, the media coverage of it, what I find interesting is, uh, while it is very clever, uh, what they were able to pull off, and I'm sure if you're into political dirty tricks, sure. Well, well yeah, and all's fair in love and war. Rat so, blanking, as they say in the business. I don't know why they can't come up with a better term. Yeah, all's fair in love and war. It's one of those kind of things. So now I would say the Biden campaign and the Trump campaign will have to come up with workarounds that make it so people can't do that in in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think ultimately it's it's not that consequential. But the media glee that a bunch of young, motivated people who care about their country doing this. I have a feeling that if the Trump crowd somehow manipulated ticket sales for uh, for, for Joe Biden or Barack Obama, oh, it would be more of anti-democracy right-wingers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, getting involved in elections. And some of us suggested there are racial overtones to the maneuver. Right. Sure. It wouldn't be it because would, it was expected minorities would show up exactly. to the rally. It wouldn't be seen as isn't it fantastic that these young people have found a way to fight back? No, it'd be interrupting democracy. Right. It would be a completely oh, different narrative. Horror. Exactly. Completely different narrative. Well, you've forgotten three three very important words, Jack. Orange man bad. Orange man bad. But anyway, that's that's the main reason the crowd was so small. And if you've seen the pictures, it was f- compared to Trump rallies, very very sparsely attended. Compared to past Trump rallies, so there you go. It's interesting, though. Uh, There's a yeah. clever idea. The tremendous amount of organization in a short amount of time, and it just shows you how powerful online stuff can be. I, I must admit, having lived in that section of the country for quite some time, no offense to our Tulsa listeners, but I was surprised that a million people planned to flock to Tulsa for the rally. Um, but they weren't, as it turns out. Again, right. a clever pl- prank by the children. Um, <laughs> but you're right, the media coverage is absolutely hilarious. 
Um, bitterly hilarious, but I've gotten used to it. I mean, don't don't let it make you crazy, everybody. Just it's the world we live in. He's a man for whom a term was coined <laughs> for copulating with a rodent. <laughs> was he talking about Roger Stone there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they dirty tricks guys in politics are called rat blankers. Uh, again, I don't know who came up with the term. Uh, I'd like to have a word with them. It's a terrible term. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the, that that was a huge festival of rat blanking, uh, screwing with the uh, the invite list and everything. Mm-hmm. Copulating with a rodent. That's right, <laughs> Mister Senator, sir. Ted Cruz, there, everybody. The list of statues torn down around the nation is growing rapidly. Is there a George Washington I heard over the weekend? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Which well, I was going crazy about that on uh, on Friday. Um, it was in uh, Portlandia, I believe. Um, yeah, it's absolutely an obscenity. Uh, there, the list of of statues includes those that you might think, well, okay, yeah, your Confederate generals, I get it, but it moves into the highly controversial and then into the wildly ironic that these criminals are tearing down monuments and statues. How's that movement going to replace all statues with Dolly Parton? I think that's a pretty good idea. I, I signed it. It's. Uh, <laughs> Not great, from what I understand, yeah. but uh, it has its con- constituents. I think it'd be less controversial. There was a news, you know, some How sort of... How could you possibly be against Dolly Parton sure, statues? Exactly. A news twit, some uh, anchor dude is in trouble. Uh, that I saw the headline, I didn't look into the story. He is in trouble for, somebody said, uh, talked about the movement to replace all statues with statues of Dolly Parton, and he said, <laughs> or maybe just a bust. A reference, of course, to her larger-than-average breasts. And apparently for that bitter, sexist comment, he has been suspended. Because of what? Saying, how about just a bust? Making a breast joke. When did that become controversial? I know! These are weird times, man. People have been making Dolly Parton breast jokes going back to Carson in the mid-70s. Because of the patriarchy. <laughs> oh, okay. And white it. supremacy. I get it. I get it now. Saying it was okay before doesn't mean it's okay. What part of this do you not get? <laughs> okay, I'm sure Dolly get... Parton thought it was funny. But she's white and a woman or something or... I don't know. She's got something. For some reason, they hate her. Fantastic. Uh, so we've got more from Trump's rally. Um, there's a movement. Oh, and your list of statues. And your list of statues, obviously, coming up in a little bit. There's a petition to rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavortown. We'll see if that catches on also. Oh, yeah. Plus uh, a report from, from Chaz. Oh, yeah. Boy, things got ugly uh, for a while in Chaz over, over the weekend. It might be the hour of reckoning that we all thought was coming. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got uh, one dead and... And in counting. And not allowing the police to come in to deal with it. Right. So, Nor the, the paramedics. Uh, all that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The family of the woman that was Aunt Jemima hates the idea of her being removed from the bottle. Says she loved it. It was very important to them, their family, and the town she comes from. (laughs) Never mind that. It doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. (laughs) 
What's real maybe, doesn't matter. It's just feelings. Maybe more on that later. Feelings matter. <coughs> Syrup Excuse matters. Hmm. You may have heard that the uh, city of New York is going to take down the Teddy Roosevelt statue mm. from outside the American Museum of Natural History. As he sees a big old statue right there at the entrance. As he's sitting astride a horse with a black man and an Indian guy next to his uh, standing next to the horse. It looks patriarchal, well, white supremacist-y. Uh, well, okay. I, I get that if you were going to make a statue today. you Do we know what year that was put up? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I've forgotten. 1940. But I get if you were going to put that statue up today, you probably wouldn't craft the same thing. But if you're going to start... Get the other fellas' horses. If you're going to start <clears> looking <throat> back on the... There's got to be statues all over the world and cities all around. I can't imagine in Europe. You know, you walk around cities in Europe, there's freaking statues everywhere of people you never heard of. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you every one of those people has things that by today's standards are horrific. Yeah. Any of those statues that go back centuries... Because we're we're tearing down stuff that's you know in some cases a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Imagine those statues of various people that go back centuries. What those people were up to in their in their private lives. Well, the statue of uh, uh, the the bloke who wrote to Don Quixote, Cervantes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Quixote. He, his statue was torn down um, because he's an old white man. He was a slave for five years. Right. Now that's up against the tearing down of the. Statue of, I'm sorry, it was actually, it was defaced and damaged, um, but not torn down, of John Greenleaf Whittier. This happened in Whittier, California. He was an abolitionist and a Quaker and a poet. Uh, He spent his life fighting against racism and slavery, but his statue was defaced. The Vandal wrote BLM and blanking slave owners on the statue and used spray paint and uh, damaging the, the, the statue of the great abolitionist in the city named for him. Boy, that or Cer- you got to give the Cervantes statue being pulled down the award. He was an actual slave. He was one of the, uh, the hundreds of thousands. One scientist I just read thinks it might be a million uh, Southern Europeans who were dragged into slavery in Northern Africa by during some of the the conflicts of the uh, you know 16 17 1800s where uh, african uh, warlords would come north and grab a bunch of europeans into slavery uh, so that's uh, that's your irony winner uh, antifa or somebody or other the radicals uh, tore down the statue of ulysses s grant in san francisco because he appointed both blacks and jews to federal offices which was highly controversial at the time He was a forward-thinking guy. He was not a perfect man by any uh, means, but he also enforced the Reconstruction Acts to protect the civil liberties of freed blacks after the Civil War and prosecuted the KKK. I watched the... But he was an old white man, so they tore down his statue in an act of racist hatred. Sorry, do you have more on that? That's interesting. The Grant uh, miniseries thing that was on a couple of weeks ago, Mm. uh, it featured some prominent... Uh, black uh, thinkers, writers, opinion makers saying nice things about Grant and that Shut thing, up. including facts that don't matter. Tahisi Coates person saying nice things about Ulysses Grant. Facts don't matter. What Coates says doesn't matter when the mob is howling for blood, Jack. Mobs have no morals. They have no intelligence. All they have is anger and energy. How important are statues in a culture, do you think? Somewhat. I'm not As sure. a fan of history, I think they're good. 
I think they're good. I don't. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I have to consider. They also tore down the statue of Francis Scott Key in San Francisco because they don't like the song. I guess the national anthem. Or did he own slaves? I don't even know. But he may have. I've walked into the Museum of Natural History there with Teddy Roosevelt up front of it, I don't know, a dozen times in my life. I never stopped to look at the statue. I don't know how much most people spend, time people spend on statues, thinking about them, looking at them, mm. contemplating their importance. I just don't have any idea. Uh, if everybody who ever owned slaves and their families and their legacy are to be torn down, what of all of the slavers of Africa who took white people into slavery and or sold prisoners of war and, and anybody they could round up uh, into slavery for the new world. There's a, It wasn't white people rounding up black people in Africa. It was black people rounding up black people and selling them to white people. So anyway, the, the history of this is uh, rather more tangled than you might have been told. Albany, New York, the statue of Major General Philip Schuyler in front of City Hall ordered removed. Albuquerque removed the statue of the conquistador Juan de Onate, who I know nothing about. Alexandria, Virginia, Appomattox, a 131-year-old Confederate statue depicting a southern-facing Civil War statue was removed from an intersection. Birmingham, Alabama, statue of Confederate officer Charles Lynn taken down by protesters, uh, and the mayor agreed to remove an obelisk known as the Confederate Sailors and uh, Soldiers Monument. Boston, statue of Christopher Columbus, removed after being beheaded by protesters. Uh, Dallas, Texas Rangers statue removed from Loved Field Airport on June 11th. Um, I'm not sure why. Dearborn, statue of the late mayor was removed due to Hubbard's allegedly racist views. Uh, Indianapolis, city began removing a monument June 8th that memorialized Confederate prisoners of war in Indianapolis. Jacksonville, statue and plaque honoring fallen Confederate soldiers removed from a park. It had been there since 1898. Louisville, Kentucky, statue of John Breckenridge Castleman, a Confederate officer removed June 8th. Mobile, Alabama, statue depicting Confederate Admiral Raphael Sims removed June 5th. Montgomery, Alabama, statue of Robert E. Lee torn down by protesters in early June. Uh, we're just into the M's of the cities. It goes on and on and includes everything from Confederate generals um, and, uh, and Jeff Davis uh, and Christopher Columbus in Richmond to the uh, former mayor of Philadelphia Frank Rizzo, who allegedly mistreated members of the black and LGBT communities during his two terms in the 1970s, 50 years ago. And that kind of fits in within, uh, for instance, school district in Minnesota. I think this is their biggest school district because it includes uh, Minneapolis. Oh, I'm sorry. I should mention the uh, removal of the statue of John Sutter and uh, and a, uh, a gold miner dude being removed in Sacramento, California, the capital of the state. A <laughs> gold miner dude. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's a colonizer, Jack. He displaced the native did. people or, or raped the earth of its resources. And whether that is uh, true or not, that is what led to California becoming what it became, though. So that's definitely part of history. I'm sorry. Do I have to shout at you again? <laughs> no. Facts um, don't matter. But so fitting in with the statues thing, I think the biggest school district in a mini in Minnesota, you know, which is where this most recent thing started, um, uh, they're pulling To Kill a Mockingbird and the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn from their curriculum at the oh schools. Oh my god! Oh boy! Oh boy! 
because uh, the district's curriculum director said that the schools plan to replace the novels with texts that teach the same lessons without using the racist language that is included in To Kill a Mockingbird and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Those two books have inspired more human beings to fight racism. We're right. It does. It does go further in the article. It does mention that the point of both of the books is to uh, is 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 you know anti-racist. Right. It's uh, it's this is a bad thing. These were bad characters, but uh, there you go. Anti-racism. Uh, isn't anti-racist the term of art of the? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to use that. Okay. Well, I just. They're they're stealing all the the language and redefining it, mm. and and so then like uh, well, and we're going to get into the actual organization Black Lives Matter as opposed to the notion that Black Lives Matter because of course they do, but now all sorts of well-meaning people, including the Boy Scouts, are saying, oh yeah, we believe that, so we're down with the organization, not realizing that that means something different, and so anyway, hijacking our language and and, and, and twisting it and. These are odd times. God, I'd say, when they're pulling classic books out of schools. Armstrong and Getty.